podcast just handed to me. The following podcast is a Sand Productions production. If anything should happen to me, you must go to court. You must say these words. Klaatu, Marada, Victor. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 159 of Sci-Fi Watcher. Glad you guys could join us for our regular Sunday episode of the show. This week, we're going to talk about the movie Gravity. It comes out on DVD on Tuesday. Glad you guys could join us, as always. I'm Corey Shrett, and my friend Brian Lee is joining me again this week. Brian, what's going on down there in Texas? Hey, Corey. Good to be here once again. Another fun week? Oh, yeah. yeah we start off a week with some sci-fi, and this week, I was excited to do this one, Gravity. We, haven't, we were going to do it originally back in... Uh, October when it came out, but uh, I basically broke a bone in my body and uh, was not going to go to the theater with that much pain. So we uh, completely understandable. You know, it, it, it was one of those I could have gone, but I'm sitting there thinking to myself, all I'm going to think about is pain, 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 pain. And I would be like, I couldn't take a pain pill before I go. So it's like, ah, no, nah, never mind. Never the mind. Never the mind, yes. But we definitely made sure to put it on the schedule for the DVD release, and we are doing it, of course, this week. But before we do that, let's talk about sponsorships as always. Hey, you want us to talk about your stuff on the show? Head on over right now to scifiwatcher.com slash sponsor. $5 you can purchase a spot on this show or any other show we do over the State Productions Network. That's scifiwatcher.com slash sponsor. All right, let's get to the sci-fi present, the news of the week here. Um, and the first one is actually taken from an article back in the day, back in probably 87 or 88, about the original RoboCop since the remake came out this week. Again, a lot of RoboCop stories. Uh, and director Paul Verhoeven said back in the day, he said, the point of RoboCop, of course, is that it's a Christ story. It's about a guy who gets crucified after 50 minutes, then is resurrected in the next 50 minutes, and then is like the super cop of the world, but is also a Jesus figure as he walks over water at the end. I never thought of that. <laughs> I didn't either. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, I was just thinking, okay, it's uh, just a movie, you know? Guy dies, he comes... Back as a robot, and you know that's it. But what I've seen, I guess some people out there didn't notice that. And I'm just like, I don't know. I think probably because of the fact that when I watched it back in the day, I was like, you know, still a kid. I'm like, it's a cop that's a robot. <laughs> it's yeah, that's the that's the only thing. Yeah. But I, I I can see where you're coming from with that. It's an interesting, you know, um, I don't say subplot, but it's an interesting uh, way to uh, allegory to put into the story there. Sure. Without actually throwing religion deep into it, you know, just a subtext of it. You, uh, didn't you just do the, uh, Arc Robocop remake? Watch it this yeah. week? It's, um, I just got finished with the festival that I was doing, the film, Boomtown Film Music Festival, and we screened the Robocop remake, um, for a late night showing on Saturday. And it, I tell you what, if you have not seen that yet, it's worth watching. A lot of laughs, a lot of hilarious scenes. They pretty much took like 55 directors. And they had each had a scene from the original RoboCop, and they just redid it. A lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about it on the show here in a couple weeks. Yeah, I heard it's uh, it's really uh, interesting. Yeah. And you can watch it online. It's it's uh, totally available online. So yeah, head on over to YouTube. You can find our RoboCop remake. 
over there and uh, check it out yourselves before we talk about it on the show. So here's another film I don't want to come, go and watch <laughs> because I'm going to say two <laughs> words, Will Smith. Uh, according to a report by a, a website called The Wrap, they're saying that uh, Will Smith is in early talks to star in a film called Brilliance. It's supposedly a sci-fi thriller film uh, in which uh, he plays an FBI agent called Nick Cooper, whose superhuman cognitive abilities make him exceptional at the art of hunting down terrorists. His powers are probably going to be slightly less ostentatious than those we demonstrated in Hancock, but nonetheless m- mark him as a member of a group of people who are feared and dis- distru- distrusted by the general population. Zero interest. Zero interest. I, I don't know. I probably need to see more, but I, I haven't seen a good Will Smith movie in a while. <laughs> yeah, Will, and especially sci-fi. You know, he's done that with the After Earth or whatever that movie was, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just lately he's been he's been doing bombs. So I'm already lost interest. Men in Black Three obviously is another great example of his uh, failures at the box office. He's not coming back for uh, Independence Day. Another thing. Yeah, so I think he just wants to try to do something new, and uh, I don't know. I, I just I already have a bad taste in my mouth when I find out he's in it. If it's somebody else, I'd be a little more interested. Isn't that sad? Yeah, <laughs> really, it really is. He's uh, he's tainted a lot of films, unfortunately, that way. Uh, you got some more information on the Terminator Genesis film, the the uh, next film in the series or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, it looks like they finally have hired their Kyle Reese, uh, actor called uh, Jai Courtney. Okay. Um, if you're not familiar with him, he was in uh, Jack Reacher, and he's also in the that Will Smith movie. Uh, <laughs> not Will Smith, Bruce Willis movie, A Good Day to Die Hard. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, Bruce Willis' son. Um, what do you think? Do you think he looks close? Or? Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I guess... I think it's more of the acting ability that's going to be instead of the looks, mm-hmm. because this is the it's this is a reboot, right? So are we are we going back and making basically another Terminator One film? It's that's what it's saying. It says it's a reboot of the James Cameron's blockbuster hit because um, it says he's joining Arnold Schwarzenegger who plays the Killing Machine, and the cast has Sarah Connor in it and John Connor, so it's almost like Terminator Two rebooted. Yeah. That makes that makes me sad. I didn't want to see a reboot. I would rather I like I said. I mean, maybe it would be better if this was like Terminator Three. You know, mm-hmm. kind of like the follow up to the Terminator Two film. Like if James Cameron had gotten a hold of it and done it, but but that that makes no sense. Is it like an aged uh, Terminator is going to go back in the past? Well, that's the thing. I mean, so it has to be a reboot if you want Schwarzenegger to do it again. Right. That's that's the only only way you could do it. It's like okay. Brand new. Let's ignore everything else and, and redo it. It just. I don't. Well, I like the original story when this came out, where he uh, they go way back in the past, you know. Yeah, and he plays like he plays basically like the Kyle Reese character, where he tries to save Sarah Connor's like parents or grandparents or something. Yeah, that that sounded more interesting to me. That one was more plausible than this. I don't want a reboot of this. There's enough reboots. <laughs> there is, and I don't know. I just. You gonna rewrite the whole story again? Are you gonna try to put cameos of some of the actors that were in the original in here somehow? I mean, like that—it's that's the problem with doing reboots. Yeah. And uh, you gonna rewrite the whole story so it's totally different than what we know? Well, I think that's the only way they're gonna get a trilogy out of it is to 
It's almost like they're doing the Halloween reboot. Remember when they rebooted Halloween, the movie? Mm. Yeah. And this sounds like it's the same thing, just trying to more of the same. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, the only thing about this, though, is it's, you know, it's out of uh, Cameron's hands because, you know, he, he he rented them the rights to make the this film. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, those films are, the first two are, are amazing. You know, and uh, I just don't, I don't want to see it re- redone or reimagined. So I'm, yeah. th- I'm thinking this is like going to be somewhere like a cross between Terminator 1 and 2. It could be. Well, John Connor's in it, so it has to be like a Terminator 2 or 3. But Kyle Reese is in it, so, I mean, is it like, I don't know how they would do this. It says this Jason Clark plays John Connor. And I look up Jason Clark. He's an older guy. So I guess he's playing John Connor from the future. Oh. Um, and Emily Clark, who plays Sarah Connor, you know, she's a younger character. So this is before John Connor's even born. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's, it's basically a reboot. Are they related? I don't think so. Well, the names are the same. I mean, and one's playing a mother, one's playing the son. I mean, it could, you know, that would be. Uh, I don't, I, you could be right. I'm not sure. I don't, I just, I mean, Clark, C, you know, C-L-A-R-K-E. Uh, she, he's from Australia. I thought she was from uh, Britain. Oh, I don't know. I just, it would have kind of made sense too. It's like, oh, they kind of look related. I can see where that would work. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I, I'm like, okay, this is a red box rental <laughs> right now. Yeah. The only thing I'm happy is Schwarzenegger's back in it. They're just basically milking the license. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. Um, check this out. Concept art. Uh, Paramount Park over in uh, Mercia, Spain is going to have a Star Trek theme park. Cool. Beautiful. Check out these pictures. Uh, it's going to be, it's kind of going to look like, almost looks like San Francisco, like Federation Starfleet Academy type of thing, which I think, you know, I mean, it's got that feel to it. The looks, the shapes, the colors. Uh, why why uh, Spain and not U.S.? Yeah, that's the thing. I, it's a slap in the face. It kind of looks like, and they compare it here, uh, this is the first time since the Star Trek-themed hotel area in Vegas closed down that something like this is coming out. Set's open at the end of 2015, but why do it over there in Spain? Why can't you do it here? Yeah, that's a good question. Because Maybe there's more European fans? I don't know. Well, because I mean, first of all, it's it's being made by Paramount. Paramount owns the rights to it, so it's not like they don't own the international rights or something. You know, it's like if so, if it was another company doing it over there for international reasons, I could see so. But it's Paramount for crying out loud. Maybe it's cheaper to make it there. I don't know. Yeah, but the thing is, you're going to bring the money in there. That's the problem. Yeah, I don't know. I I think it's going to be interesting, but uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to Spain to go check this out. <laughs> Yeah, and wouldn't that be cool? I mean, if they can build the bridge and stuff like that, they could actually make shows there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd want that. I want I'd want to feel like I'm on the Enterprise. Yeah. You know, that would that would be cool. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see. These are just uh early, you know, early uh concept art of it, but uh But if it's set to open at the end of 2015, they must be like really close to or they must have started this a while back, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what a year and a half away. Yeah. That's not a lot of time. Right. I don't know. We'll have to wait. Hopefully we'll get to see pictures of it when it's being built and when it's done because I'm curious to see what this is going to look like when it's actually completed. Right. 
All right, head over to Sci-Fi Future of the What's Coming Out Now, the trailers. And, of course, Brian's got the, the trailer of the week. Yeah, you've probably seen this already. <laughs> yeah, who hasn't? Yeah. It's got 11 million views on YouTube already. But, yeah, it's the first Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. And uh, I just recently started getting into the comics. Mm-hmm. Just just because I want to see what what are these characters about? Because these are zany. This is a zany idea. Well, when uh, you have, for a movie, you have a tree and a raccoon. You already know it's weird. Yeah, this might bridge on you know our whole sci-fi comedy because it, lo- it looks like it has some comedic elements to it. It does. It 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 looks good, but yeah. I wonder I I wonder how many of the non-comic book fans it's going to bring in. I don't know. I mean, if it's got 11 million views, why wouldn't they want to see it? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they, they make sure to throw Marvel on it. You know, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy to let you yeah. know it's part of that universe. But I don't know. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of those things that you and me are like, what is this? I've never, I've never heard of this, this. It's a big gamble on Marvel's part because it's not a big comic. I mean, it's not a comic that's – it's been around – but it's been reinvented. It's the Guardians of the Galaxy that originally came out in the 80s or 70s um, have totally different characters than the characters that are in the current comic. Oh, well, you can say that about Avengers, too. I mean... Yeah. Well, no, the original, you know, characters that are in the Avengers are in this. Mm-hmm. The Hulk, Thor, Iron Ooh. Man. Those are the th- first three. Yeah, but there were a couple. I think there were a couple others that weren't in the movie. Yeah, like uh, Black Widow, and well, Black Widow is not in the original comic, right? But, but that, I mean, there, there's always room for you know changing it up. You don't have to go exactly what the comic says. Um, it looks good, but I, like I said, I wonder how many of the non-comic book fans, the non-comic book slash um, Marvel. I, I don't think it's going to make Iron Man money. I think it's going to get close. I think it. No, I think it's going to make. Um, Captain America money. Yeah. It's not going to make a lot. I think Thor made more than Captain America. So I think it's going to be like near the bottom of the franchises. It's going to make money. It's going to make a profit. It's going to do really good. And I'm curious. This has a different feel than the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm yeah. wondering what they're going to, how they're going to, they're going to link it. Cause, you know, I'm, I'm watching this trailer. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like the rest of the films. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it feels like it's almost in a different universe. Well, um, What's her name? Uh, the the female character in this, I forgot her name. The Green Girl. Uh-huh. She is the daughter of Thanos, so they may be tying in Thanos somehow. Yeah, they might. Someone said that they they tie this with Captain America somehow. Okay. We'll have to wait and see. And of course, there'll be probably some Easter egg at the end. I'm assuming there's always going to be Easter egg. I'm assuming these guys are going to show up somehow in Avengers three. Maybe not well, full-blown, but maybe just on a side part or something. And this is kind of spoilerish. In the comic, um, Iron Man is working with the Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. So so you might have a cameo in here. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, this is a very spoiler-free cameo. This is a very spoiler-free one. It's got me excited, though, seeing something different like this. It took long enough to get this trailer. Yeah. You know, they've been talking about this movie for, it seems like, forever now. They had to perfect uh, Rocket, though. It's what they said. I mean, getting that's, an animated, getting an animated raccoon to not look cartoonish, you know. Well, that's the thing. You want him to look 
realistic. I don't, I don't know how you can say that with actually not laughing, but you want him to look like a realistic raccoon. Yeah, that's the hard thing about that's the hard thing about doing comics into live action. It's stuff like that. Even the tree. I mean, getting the tree to look not like a like a comic, you know? Yeah, it's 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 the tree looks amazing. Yeah, but yeah, this almost looks like a mini Avengers type of group, like almost like a super group. You know, they all they all did something individually, and then they they're like stuck together, like a ragtag group of people forced to work together. I like the comedic element too. Yeah. I just don't know if it's going to have that much comedic element when we actually see the film. Yeah. You know, it could just, yeah, we'll see. Well, it's, we got a ways to go. It comes out. Is this August? I think August, July. I knew it wasn't the, it wasn't the big summer release. No, that that's all, uh, Captain America. Yeah. So, uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Maybe Captain America will have something that will. There's supposed to be a tie in. Maybe Captain America will have a side character or a reference to something that will happen in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. You never know. There's so much they can do with it, and you know we'll have something when Captain America comes out. We'll be like, oh, my God, that's going to be in the next movie. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be like that. We might not notice it, but the the Marvel geeks out there will definitely pick it up, and we'll find out within minutes of airing on in the theaters. (laughs) All right, let's get moving on here before we do Doctor Who. I talked me some Doctor Who with my friend Bill Constantini. We do a show called Tardis Chronicles where we geek out on all things Doctor Who, like news, rumors, and so much more. Check out our latest episode that just went up earlier today uh, where we talked about the Doctor's second adventure, the Daleks, way back when, 1963. So go check out that right now over at TardisChronicles.com. You can download, subscribe to the show, and new episodes come out every Sunday. All right, let's head over to Sci-Fi Past. Here's where we find everything located in the archive, a.k.a. the internets. And this is one of those, you know, this video proves your point is invalid. It's a 1983 Return of the Jedi set visit hosted by Leonard Nimoy. Star Trek meets Star Wars. What? Yeah, how is that possible? (laughs) Well, and this is 1983, so, you know, Star Trek is pretty darn huge at the time too right you know it's not like oh nothing's going on Leonard Nemo hasn't done anything in years but it's like my head's my mind's blowing like what (laughs) but it's interesting it's uh this actually clip came from an 83 episode of a a Nickelodeon show I never heard of called standby lights camera action and uh he went behind the scenes of the quote-unquote upcoming movie return of the Jedi that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. It's amazing. It's amazing that this stuff is being found now. I mean, where are they finding it? Are they just like in some warehouse somewhere and someone stumbled upon it, you know? Well, you know what it is. I mean, this show, this Nickelodeon show, it was probably was put in a vault or something that they totally forgot about years ago. And then somehow someone's like, hey, you know, I remember watching an episode of a show on Nickelodeon and da 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 and you know probably people are looking it up and boom they found out that they <laughs> they had a clip of this well why isn't george lucas like putting this on the extras you know that's what i think i think you know what's going to happen is disney's going to come out with the ultimate super duper extraordinary 5 dvd discs for each story thing with like every little clip put in there oh fans will eat that up they will they'll keep adding junk like we're not gonna we're not gonna give you the original film, but we'll keep giving you bonus features. And then the the last thing will be the original 
cuts. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's probably something written into the deal. Like George Lucas has to be dead for like 50 years before Disney can do that. Oh, that's creepy. You never know. So you got a, a clip here of a movie I actually have never seen. A 1954 film that's coming back out. What's this one about? Yeah, um, Rialto is planning to re-release the classic 1954 Godzilla back into theaters, um, just in time for the uh, you know reboot. Now, <laughs> something I did not know. This isn't the U.S. hatchet job version of Godzilla. This is the original Japanese version that came out in '54. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I didn't know that they I, – I guess it's possible. I guess they, they butcher movies back then too, huh? Yeah, I, I, knew, there, I knew that it was uh, edited and there were scenes added with uh, Raymond Burr for the U.S. version, which I, I had seen that came out in 56, like two years later. But I didn't know there was an original version that was – Hidden? <laughs> hidden, basically. Yeah. Now, I want to see this version. Yeah, it says the original version is 96 minutes long. It says there's like 40 minutes that were cut out and redone with the U.S., you know, with Raymond Burr and, and additional right. scenes that they just did on a Hollywood lot. That's... I guess maybe they – it says something about um, they, they took out a whole anti-nuclear subtext or something like that from the from the movie. Yeah, because I, I do know the, the, the legend – you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Godzilla was actually created from like the, the nuclear bombs dropped uh, on Japan during World War II. Right, and they wanted to get – they didn't want the U.S. to see that. I mean I could, I could kind of see we're still less than a decade after the war, but the Japanese are acknowledging it. Okay, it's not like we're doing it. Yeah. They said it. Let them do it. Okay. I mean, yeah. Japanese films, a lot of Japanese films have some kind of nuclear context now. I mean, look at, uh, oh, my mind went blank. The anime we reviewed. Akira? Akira. Yeah. But this that is 1954. Context. But this yeah. is 1954, so it's a little closer to the, to the war. So. Oh, right. Yeah. But if the Japanese are doing it, I'd be like, why, why are we going to hide this from the Americans? The Japanese basically said it's okay. We accept yeah. this, you know? But um, I have never seen this film. And you, and you know Godzilla, the, the, the original Godzilla franchise, they made a ton of films in that. Right. That's, that's one of those series that I, look, I found out years ago that, I don't know, 20 or 30 films were made back oh, then. Oh, so many, so many films, yeah. And there were like three different like generations of Godzilla films, but they, they made films like throughout the decades over there to like the 90s. You know, and and I was, they had different incarnations of Godzilla. There was like a Mecha Godzilla. And, yeah. And uh, I've seen a few of those films back in the day. Yeah, I grew up. I grew up in the '80s with independent television channels, and they, you know, they didn't have money to buy like expensive shows, so they buy like Godzilla films and stuff. And I love that stuff. But I've I've never seen the original Godzilla. Are you gonna see this on the big screen? No, I I don't. I'm not gonna see it on the big screen. Reason I think it is, is I think this is gonna look like it's a, it's for the television. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a three by four screen. I don't think this is designed for like the what 16 by 9 or whatever it is oh really okay i don't think it is and um well, they say this is out now on blu-ray you can see it now the uncut version well you could probably you probably could have gotten it years ago you know from uh japan you had, yeah like, a region free dvd player yeah i do want to see it though I, I and i haven't seen the i haven't seen the u.s version of godzilla in ages so i don't really remember much about it i just remember raymond burr was in it we should review this in april we should check it out. I, I I did enjoy the I did enjoy watching Godzilla films as a kid, and uh, 
I'll watch this one. And uh, I'm already excited about the new Godzilla film coming out here in the U.S. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. It looks more true to the the classic version here. So yeah, I yeah maybe we'll have to we'll have to pencil that in. Uh, speaking of Gravity, Honest Trailers released their their trailer for Gravity. Of course, uh, Honest Trailers, just like the word says, they take movie clips from a movie and they make hilarious trailers telling you how horrible the film is, no matter how good of a film it is. You know, uh, they can find fault in anything. They find the faults in the films, and it's hilarious. I mean, they're talking about here. I put, I wrote down. They talk about ninety minutes of bumping into stuff, and you hear like pinball sounds as they're as the crew are bouncing <laughs> off of things, and you know, trying to grab onto things. And they they criticize uh, Sandra Bullock's character because she doesn't know anything. And why would you send somebody like that up in space? And George Clooney plays a character that's George Clooney. And which is pretty spot on. Which which is funny because you know I'm 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 sidetracking here, but as I watched the film again uh, for this week, and I'm like I'm like that's just George Clooney being George Clooney, you know. But I when mean, is George Clooney not George Clooney? I haven't seen him break character. You know, even when he was on Roseanne, he was still George Clooney. Yeah. Which I saw an episode of that this weekend too, so it's like wow. But uh, yeah, but it's funny. It's just like they 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 pick apart the movie and they have fun with it. And I, I love this. It's like a five minute trailer. So after you watch the film, please watch this. Don't, don't watch this first. Oh yeah. You'd be totally spoiled. You'd be like spoiled. <laughs> All right, let's get moving on to the movie. Gravity actually Uh very small cast. Uh, Sandra Bullock plays Dr. Ryan stone. George Clooney plays uh, Lieutenant Matt Kowalski. Uh, and uh, surprisingly, I did not know this. Ed Harris was the voice of mission control. I didn't know that either. And you know what I said? When I was writing this out, you know the first thing I thought of when I found out Ed Harris was Mission Control? What's that? Apollo 13. Oh, that's right. Because that's, he was... That's why they picked him, right? I think so. He, and he has, a, he, has a, he has the perfect voice for that, too. Yeah. You know, it's, but it's funny as I'm like typing, I'm like, oh, wow, Ed Harris was Mission Control. I'm like, Apollo 13. You know? And it, and it was one of those things that I wrote, I, I, as I'm looking up the credits before I watched this film again, I purposely was listening for his voice. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can. Okay, that's said Harris. I can tell. Forgot now. the third astronaut. <laughs> oh yeah, the the five minutes. I mean, you barely get any screen time with that guy. Yeah, yeah. This is a small cast, and uh, uh, Alfonso Caron Saran. I can never figure out how to say his name. Directed Perone. it. Yeah, and he directed it, and he wrote it with uh, Jonas Caron Saran. Uh, this came out October fourth, twenty thirteen. Ninety one minutes, which I think is a great length for this. Now I'm gonna say this film is probably one of the best, probably the best science fiction film to come out since like 2001. It's got that feel. I'll agree with that, yeah. It, it's got that 2000. What the, and I said this to you before when I watched this the first time. One thing I love about this film is it's as realistic as you're going to get with the, with the movie. Yeah, as realistic as Hollywood wants to get without boring you. Yeah, you know, um, it's there's no aliens, there's no weird science fiction there's no science fiction in this it's more science and science fiction i mean yes you can break it apart and find out there are faults in this film scientifically but everything seems possibly could make sense you know how the whole accident occurs kind of make could make sense mm-hmm. and uh that that, that that whole that first shot it's just it blows my mind it, bl- it blew my mind too and i i really am am so lucky that I got to see it on IMAX because, I mean, watching it, rewatching it, 
you know, it doesn't do it the same amount of justice if you well, saw it on a big screen. And and this film felt like it was made in the 1960s because back in the day when they made films in the 60s, they made films for the big screen. There was no, well, this is going to be put on TV. This film was made for the big yeah. screen. This is not made for your your 30 32 inch television. You No, it loses a little bit. It, the story is still good good enough to watch but, on your TV, but, but the the shots, you lose the shots. Oh yeah. This needs to this this is the reason IMAX exists. Right. This film, you know, you go, you see, oh, that's coming out in IMAX. You're like, well, I don't really need to see that in IMAX. You see this and it's coming out in IMAX. You're like, I have to see this in IMAX. I really hope this starts something in Hollywood where they actually make movies that are made for the, the, the screen because that's going to revitalize their business, you know? Yeah, but I don't think they will either because they want to make more on the DVD rentals and stuff too. Yeah. That's but maybe problem. somebody else will look at this and maybe get inspired. I don't know. I think movies like this will give people an excuse to buy bigger TVs. That's what they want. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. You know, oh, you know, my 32 inches isn't big enough. I'll go get a 60 inch. They should have had a big Sony logo brought to you by Sony. Yeah. <laughs> buy a big TV, get Gravity uh, on, on Blu-ray. Yeah. But yeah, this is um, this is a great, a great film. It, it's And, you know, we watched the trailer for this. It's like... You know, how the heck do they get out of that situation? You wonder. But the trailer alone got me wanting to watch it. But that trailer also scared us. Remember, like, what if the film sucks? What if this is the best part of the whole film? Well, what if the film is 10 minutes long? <laughs> I mean, to me, you know, it starts off just like, okay, we're in space and everything's kind of cool. And all of a sudden it's like, hey, satellite got hit. There's debris. Oh, it's coming your way. Get inside. Get inside. And all of a sudden it's just like, what in the heck is going on here? But the film was pretty much nonstop after that. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. Oh, yeah, me too. And the one thing I liked about the film is this is George Clooney is dead. He dies in the film. You know, I like the fact that it isn't like, oh, if you're listening to this, then you should have watched it already. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you didn't, you're you're an idiot. (laughs) Go, yeah, you should be. But to me, that was the one thing I was surprised and I kind of liked that they did. It wasn't Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. You know, yeah, they killed him off relatively early enough, and it, it's the whole story is about her and her her trying to get back, and I love that. Yeah, are you surprised that he became he was like second billing for this movie? Yeah, but when I thought it was going to be second billing, it was more like Sandra Bullock and George Clooney in Gravity, mm-hmm. not not Sandra Bullock in Gravity. George Clooney also appears, type of thing. Yeah, yeah I mean this is. This is probably hands down her her best role. I mean, it's no demolition man, but <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. that was her first role. Uh, Speed, I think, was her first role. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know. It, it was close between those two, but anyway, um, she is one hell of an actress. Oh yeah, you know, and, and you know, and I, the thing I, I think I like though too is she cut her hair short for this. She mm-hmm. looked she looked more like an astronaut. Like that. Not the Yeah, she definitely fit the part. She really did. You know, she when when she took the her little thing off her head, her helmet, her thing off her head, and she had the short hair, I'm like, you know what? I, I was expecting her normal hair, and I'm like, you know what? That was good to cut your hair like that because you look like you should be an astronaut in space. It's also probably a utilitarian thing, because if you had long hair and you're up there in space, it'd be all over the place. And that would be another thing too. It'd probably make it harder on the special effects. Yeah. 
a, a little bit more effort to do with the special effects. And that's right. another thing about this film. The special effects are mind-blowing. Yeah, they were painstakingly done. I mean, it took them four I mean, it didn't take them long to shoot, but it took them, you know, quite a bit of time just to get the special effects done. Yeah. I mean, there were shots, and then we got clips in the, in the, uh, in the show notes. But there was stuff like they shot, like, underwater and stuff to get that zero-G look and feel. Mm-hmm. And, and watching this film, you're not like, oh, that's CGI'd. I'm watching this film. I couldn't tell what was CGI and what wasn't. Yeah, you know, it's like it's funny. So you, you go watch Apollo 13, and they do those zero G shots, but those shots were actually done in the 747, the vomit comet that flies over the Gulf to do. Oh, that. really? They they had to go up there and and shoot that way. They they shot a lot of those shots that way to get. I didn't that. know that. Yeah, and you watch this, and you're like, you're watching how they do this, and it's like. Where are the strings? The way they move, it's like this doesn't, this can't be done. This is just amazing. Like the way she was like, like moving around in, in like the, um, well, it was in, all in the satellites rigs that they built just for the movie. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. To me, to me, the special effects alone put this movie into a, a, a level that you'll never, never seen before and probably never see again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing film and, uh, it's one of those films that I could watch over and over again. Yeah, definitely. There's nothing wrong with this film in my my eyes, to be honest with you. Now, what do you think about the deeper meaning that was in the background of this film? Did you catch any of that? Or I mean, what with like her daughter dying? Well, that was part of it, but um, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night about this. I was telling him I was going to do the podcast, and he brought up this thing called the monomyth, and... I didn't know anything about the monomyth, but I looked up a story and it brought up um, how Alfonso Cuaron uses the monomyth um, in Gravity. And the monomyth is like this um, framework for a lot of myths and legends and tales and stuff. So just like Sandra Bullock, she's a reluctant adventurer. Mm -hmm. Um, Then she gets initiated by Kowalski. Uh, she crosses all these hurdles, trials and tribulations, physical. Um, then there is a death and rebirth. You know, you see her when she is in that fetal position. Uh-huh. And um, in the monomyth story, you, uh, the hero goes to hell and then is reborn. And you have that, fi- that fire scene when she's in that, after that fetal position. That's like rebirth. Right. And then she gets um, all the way to the end she's back home mm-hmm. on, on earth. So it's a homecoming. Yeah. I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's too in depth for me. I'm just like, well, and then this, this article, they also said where she landed. Is that Lake Zurich? You know, it was a question mark because, uh, it was a lake. It could be Lake Zurich. I don't know. Well, here's the funny thing. I think it's, it's, I think it's kind of funny. Cause usually whenever these, uh, films, the, the uh, like moon landings and all that stuff, the Apollo mission, stuff like that. Whenever they come in, they always like land in the Pacific Ocean. She landed in a lake. I mean, what are the odds of that? Well, I mean, it's random because there wasn't being there was no flight path. She just like, but you know, but you you land in the lake. I mean, you know, a couple couple degrees further, she would have hit the ground. Yeah, I know. Which I was like, how ironic is that she actually landed in the water? 
Yeah. And it, the whole other rebirth is like when her, when she gets out of the lake and she's walking and she, she looks like she has difficulty walking. Which which she should. Yeah. Which which is one thing I, I love that first time I watched this. I'm like, she couldn't get up right away. I'm like, okay, that that's true because, you know, your muscles are weak from not having gravity. Yeah, wasn't she like a, a week or a month? I forgot how long she was up there. I want to say like 30-something days. They were up there a while. Yeah. They were up there a while. But what's to me, though, if you're on a space shuttle, you shouldn't be up there that long. A week, or t- I would think, would be the most. If you're I right. Like, I think it was 30 days. I think it was. But I'm like, space shuttle missions don't usually last that long, I don't think. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, they were working on the Hubble's telescope, so I don't know how it was working. And they weren't too far from the ISS either, so I don't know if they were like dock to the ISS and then just doing yeah. little shuttle missions over there or whatever. You mentioned there's no faults in this movie, but the opening scene when George Clooney is on that, that whatever you want to call it, that machine that propels him around the mm-hmm. Hubble, it's mm-hmm. a cool visual effect, but really would he be doing that? It no. looks like he's just goofing off. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's a, that's the sci-fi factor. Yeah. yeah that's I sci-fi. think he would have been inside the, the um, shuttle or whatever, working with them. I don't think he'd be because what was his cursing around? I mean, and if you were out there, you think you would be like the rest of them, you would just be tethered to the ship. Yeah, he looks but, like he's just having fun. I think it was just an excuse to have them get from the crash of the shuttle to the ISS. Yeah, you know, how else are you going to get there? You're going to try to push yourself there. You can't do that. The the only I don't say one of the things that that, that bothered me though. I mean, first of all, it's like. Everything bad that can happen to, to Ryan did happen in this film. I think the one part I was like, could you please stop, was the fire. It's like, oh, she finally makes it to, the, to this one place. All of a sudden, there's a fire. I'm like, really? Come on, guys. It just, it just felt like they kept trying to put more junk on her to make her keep moving. Yeah. I don't know. The fire was a little too much for me. But, but besides that, I, I enjoyed the film and... Uh, it, it was fast 90 minutes. I'm glad it wasn't any longer. I think this was any longer than 90 minutes. I think we would, we would have been just like falling asleep. No, I think it is perfect timing. Nine minutes is a good amount of time. And like I said, there was no lulls in this movie whatsoever. I no. mean, um, even that, that, that little break when you see Sandra Bullock's character kind of fall asleep and then George Clooney pops mm-hmm. back up, you know? Yeah. Okay, and the, Which moment- the whole time I thought he was like, is he alive? Is he well, is, is my mind's playing trick on me. Or? Well, the first of all, I said she's imagining it because I'm like, because he opens the the airlock and she doesn't die. Yeah, that's the part that that played with my head because like, okay, as soon as he opened that, she would have been sucked out or mm-hmm. she would have been dead. All the air would have been gone. Yeah, she. Would, <laughs> I was like, yeah, she, this is her imagination, and I think it was probably because she was probably because she had the oxygen levels low, and it was probably the 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 uh, uh, carbon dioxide getting to her from like hallucinations from the carbon dioxide or something. I don't know. But yeah, it just, it was a, it was like, I'm like, ah, no, this isn't, this isn't real. (laughs) She'd be, she'd be dead. But yeah, great film. Um, one of the films you have to watch. Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know why you're listening this far. If you haven't seen it, you don't like sci-fi. Why you listen to our podcast? <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah. basically, honestly, it's it's a it's a great film. Anything else uh, you want to cover on the film before we move on? Uh, do you want to scale it? What's that? What's that? You want to rate it? Oh, 
Um, out of five, probably five. I would say this is a fiver for me. Five, five point one. I mean, this is this is definitely a five in my book. Yeah, this this is one that you need to buy a big TV for. And like I said, I had not seen an IMAX movie in a long time, and this was totally worth seeing an IMAX. Yeah, I, I definitely, I did not see an IMAX, but I definitely agree with you. This is what IMAX was made for. So if you can, obviously you can't check it out on IMAX, but get the Blu-ray version, get the high definition the best you can, and hopefully you have a big enough TV and watch this thing and enjoy it. It's the, be- it's the, be- it's the best 90 minutes you're going to get in science fiction right now. Right. Exactly. Uh, we got tons of stuff coming up on the show. It's coming up here. We're going to talk about Helix, of course. Space Dandy, Almost Human. We got a Red Dwarf special coming out on Thursday. And next week, Alien Nation, film I haven't seen in ages. And Brian says, you've, you've never seen this, right? I have only seen the TV show. I've seen that after, and I've seen the movie also. But it's it's been over 20 years. And we will talk about it next week on the show. And, of course, Brian, where can we find you online? Uh, you can always find me on Twitter. It's at Brian Says. And, of course, SciFiWatcher.com for all your sci-fi goodness. You can email us, feedback at SaveProductions.com, or drop us a voicemail, 813-915-6390. We're also on the social media sites, Facebook.com slash SciFiWatcher, Google.com slash plus SciFiWatcher, and, of course, at Twitter at SciFiWatcher. I want to thank everyone out there for downloading this week's episode of the podcast, and until next time, have a good one. 